It is such an honor to be worshiping with you on this beautiful Easter morning. Before you're seated, I'm going to keep the wildlife kids. We're going to, it'll be quick, I promise. So wildlife kids are going to hang out with us this morning. I've got a couple of scriptures just to read real quickly. Luke 7 tells a well-known story of a lady who anointed the feet of Jesus. Jesus was at a dinner party and it said one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. And so Jesus went to his home and reclined at the table. A woman in the town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and then she wiped them down with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man was really a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. And he's, th he, he, he's got this idea. He's got a label for her. Doesn't Jesus know she is a sinner? Jump down to verse 48. And then Jesus, after having this moment, this interaction with that Pharisee, he then turns to this woman. He looks at this woman that Pharisee labeled a sinner. And he looks at her and he says, your sins are forgiven. If you go one more chapter over, chapter 8, verse 2, you see this woman. Her name was Mary. And it says, along with some other women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. One more quick portion of scripture, and then you can be seated. 24, Luke 24, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their, in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to the women, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of the sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. Look who was there. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. This morning for a few moments, I promise a few moments, I want to preach a quick message called Just the Beginning just the beginning. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this place, God. I thank you, God, that on that cross, you said it is finished, and you began something new. It was just the beginning. We give you the glory in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. There's an artist in Beijing, and she is doing something quite remarkable. She is turning garbage into beautiful 
recycled masterpieces. Proving that art can be created out of anything. Here's the story of Zhao Jioli as she shares where she finds her inspiration and what she hopes people take from her work. A broken window, an 80s TV set, and an old wooden decor. I have some pictures I'd love to show you. And they, these pictures show you some of the works that she's done. They aren't the sort of items that you might find in a high-caliber art gallery, but rather something that you might throw away. A word we've heard a few times in this past week is maybe even repurpose, right? For Chinese artist Zhao Gioli, uh, they make the perfect canvas, all these pieces of garbage, making masterpieces out of the strangest of objects. This young artist has gone viral online with all of her imaginative works. She told the news that the whole recycling thing was all by chance. She said the house opposite to my studio was redecorating, so used furniture was getting thrown out day after day. And one day I saw two stools that I thought would make really nice flower stands if they could get a nice paint job. And that's how the whole recycling thing started. The artist was glad that viewers like, like what she had created. Adding this. Using old items as my painting canvases is just a way of expression. And I'm glad it resonates so well with viewers. What I want to convey is that old items can be transformed into something new with just a little creativity. Where others saw an end, where others saw it's time to discard, it's time to throw out. It's time to get rid of. It's time to buy. It's time to purchase. This lady said, uh-uh. I see something where everyone else sees nothing. Where everyone else sees an ending, she saw a beginning. Some have walked into this place on this Sunday, Easter morning, this Resurrection Sunday, and maybe you had to be bribed here by lunch after the service. Maybe, just maybe, you promised a family member, and the moment your alarm clock went off, you said, why did I make that promise? Why did I tell them I'd go to church on Easter Sunday? Maybe you saw a promotion online. Maybe this is where you worship weekly. Whatever the case may be, I want to speak some life into your situation this morning. You may be looking at your life thinking things are never going to change. This is my lot in life. I will always have these hang-ups. I will always have these hurts. I will have these addictions. I will deal with these insecurities, this sickness, this custody battle. I'll always be single. This depression will never leave. This anxiety is not going anywhere. The medication only does it a little bit. But I don't think I'm ever going to get past where I am at this moment. But this morning, this morning, I want to let somebody know Jesus knows how to take our life. The life that this world has worn out by circumstances of life. A life that has gone through hurt and pain. A life that has 
going through abuse and neglect, relational challenges and inconsistency, trials after trials, lives abused by addictions. And he can take those lives that everyone else says has very little value and he can make something beautiful out of it. Where everyone else says it's over, it's an ending, our God says this is just the beginning. In Isaiah 43 and 19, it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Our God has a way of taking what everyone else says is over and saying, no, no, no. I've got it right where I need it. I've got a plan to purpose what everyone else says is over. Where others see an ending, our God sees a beginning. Revelation 21 and 5, that idea of making new would be reemphasized again. Our Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth, would say, behold, I make all things new. That's just who our God is. He is able to take broken relationships, financial ruin, broken marriages, broken lives, and make something new from them. Something great that no man, no program can take the glory for, but all glory goes to our God. And so it comes down to you and I saying, I've got to allow his will over my will. It comes down to me saying, okay, maybe I don't have all the answers. And that can be a hard thing to admit at times. Especially, no, I'm not going to say that. Praise the Lord. Let's keep going. But our God, he is able, when we say, not my will, Lord, but let your will be accomplished, he can take something that's broken and make something beautiful from it. Not my will, Lord, but let your will be done. See, our Jesus, he was beaten, mocked, made to carry his own cross for sins he did not commit, and he did it all for you and for I. First Peter 2, he would say, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for our sake he, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might have become the righteousness of God. Isaiah 53 and 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. God, he came to defeat the curse of sin that came on humanity when Adam decided and intentionally disobeyed our God. And then he, Jesus, the second Adam, came and lived a perfect life, becoming the perfect sacrifice for all mankind, for you and for me. Hebrews 9, 22, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so we could be forgiven of all our sins, 
because of one thing, and that was our Jesus deciding to be the sacrifice, the lamb who was slain from the foundations of the earth. Because he willingly went to the cross and laid down his life and shed his blood, you and I can come here today, and no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've gone, no matter how life has treated you, you can repent of your sins, and God can forgive you and wipe you clean of all your sins. In the story I read to open up this sermon, Spoke of Mary Magdalene, a woman of ill repute. The Pharisees would kind of turn their nose up on her and say, does Jesus even know who this woman is? Does he understand who's washing her feet? But here's the truth. Any one of us could have been that woman. Any one of us could have been the one that was washing his feet with our tears. Any one of us could have had the Pharisee looking down their nose at us and saying, does he not know they are a sinner? Because the truth is, Scripture tells us we are all born into sin. No man is good. We've all got a sin issue. We're born into it. I know some of us think our spouse is this close to perfect. But still, guess what? I know this is hard to believe. Your spouse isn't. But our God has the ability to save our spouses. Hallelujah. <laughs> but we're all sinners. And we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And our Jesus knew just who Mary was when she was washing his feet. He knew the mistakes she had made. He knew the woman that she was. And yet he did in mind that she was pouring out her praise on him. He would tell a story to that Pharisee, and he would say, hey, who's going to be more grateful for forgiveness? The one who is forgiven $1 or $500? Pharisee would answer properly and say, the one who's forgiven much. He said, that's right. And so those who have been forgiven much are grateful for what they've been forgiven of. And so this woman understood, yes, I may be a sinner. I may be broken. And everyone else says my life is over and has no meaning. But maybe, maybe, just maybe, if I can get into the presence of Jesus, maybe he can take my life that everyone says is over and start something new in it. And so that's what Jesus did. He looked at that woman and he said, hey, your sins are forgiven. This morning, you might be carrying some things into this place. You might have carried a heavy load, a burden that no person should have to carry. Can I tell you, you do not have to leave this place the same way you entered it. Our God is able to forgive. Our God is able to save. We can lay down every burden at his feet, and he will bring peace and hope and joy and a renewal into our life that no man, no drug, no program can do. But our God can do just that. And so our God, he went to that cross. He went to that cross for the forgiveness of sins. He died on that cross because, because of the way the law was, there had to be blood shed. And so he went to that cross, a perfect sacrifice. But on that cross, if you don't know, let me tell you, it ended with our Jesus saying just what Matthias was waving up here this morning. It is finished. It's over. 
Death, you had your reign over the world for a little while. Sin, you had, you run rampant for a little while. But now, that blood that was shed for all mankind has been shed. And so sin, it is finished. Death, it is finished. Hell, it is finished. It's over. He hung on that cross and he cried, it is finished. What was finished? Well, Adam's choice that was made for all of us when he deliberately sinned against God. He made a choice for all of us that we would all be born into sin. But we no longer have to be a part of that Adam's family. Because now Jesus, he wrote up the adoption papers and he calls us sons and daughters. And he makes us born and helps us be born again into a new promise, into a new covenant. I don't have to live that sinful lifestyle anymore. Jesus, he finished sin's reign on the cross, and something new came into this earth on that Easter Sunday. Something new came to this world. It was not just the cross. It was not just the empty tomb. It was the fact that our God, he came back from the dead. Revelation 1.18, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Because he lives. Because he lives. We have hope beyond this life. Because he lives, I don't have to continue doing the same things over and over and over again. Because he lives, I can find grace and I can find mercy at an altar. I can say, God, I need forgiveness for the mistakes and the choices I've made. And because he lives, he can wash it white as snow and he can make all things new. That cross, it was finished. And so something else began. Something else started. It was just the beginning. See, Jesus, he walked this earth for three years, and he did miracle after miracle. He did signs and wonders, but he would look at his apostles, look at his disciples, and say, greater works than these shall ye do. And he would say, I've got to leave this place, but when I go, I'm going to send a comforter to you. And you're going to be endued with power from on high. All of a sudden, something new was coming. Just the beginning of what God wanted to do was happening. He left this earth. And the apostles, the disciples, 120 would go to an upper room. And in that room, they would experience Pentecost for the first time. There would be... An overflow of God's spirit. The Bible would tell us tell us there was like cloven fire upon each of them. And they began to speak in a language none of them had learned. As God filled them with his spirit. And then all of a sudden. The church was born. All of a sudden. There wasn't just one Jesus walking the earth. All of a sudden, there was men and women filled with God's Spirit going all across the world. They were going up to lame men by the gate beautiful and saying, silver and gold I have none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And that man who had been lame since he was born, all of a sudden got strength in his legs and was able to walk. 
You can read through the book of Acts as these men and these women would go out and do the work and the will of God as they were filled with the power of God. Why? Because it was finished on the cross, but it was just the beginning of the birth of the church and what God wanted to do with men and women like you and me. Because he lives, we have faith for the miraculous healings. Because he lives, there is forgiveness of sins. And we do know that even if we do not receive that healing, we also know we no longer have to fear death. Because when he said it was finished on the cross, he was saying it's just the beginning for what I'm going to do from here on out. Let's all stand this morning. Our God has started something new. And this is, that was just the beginning. All of hell thought they had won. The Pharisees, like that poem said, the Pharisees were so gleeful, so happy. We finally got rid of this guy who's been causing such a pain in our side. But little did they know it was just the beginning of their demise. Little did they know, all of a sudden, what they had unleashed was not just one man walking the earth, speaking of this God, speaking of this power from heaven. Now there was going to be a, a, a whole group of people that were speaking of this goodness and this grace and this power from heaven. And what I love about all of that that was the beginning. It's just the beginning. But it continues today. That same power, that same Jesus. He didn't just resurrect, go to heaven and say, all right, I'm out. See you later. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit back in my easy chair. No, 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 no. He's still here. He's still moving in services like this one right here. He's still speaking into hearts and to some minds, even in this room today. There's some people you've walked in here and you've been so hopeless. I don't know how my situation changes. I don't know how my situation ever, ever becomes anything different than what it is. I've dealt with this for so long. It's just a part of who I am and what I do. But our God, where everyone else sees brokenness, where everyone else sees addiction, where everyone else sees no hope, our God. Come to me all that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's just the beginning. For somebody in this place, today can be just the beginning. You've come this far in your life. You've tried thing after thing. You've, you've given it your best time after time. But today, I would not be a preacher worth my salt if I didn't stand here on Resurrection Sunday and let you know there's a God that cares about you and has a better way for your life. He's got hope. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose.